I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 171 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, today's guest is an expert in a subject that affects many parents, myself included, and that is bullying. Alex Duran is known as the Bully Magnet. He's a former United States Marine, so this is going to be a great conversation. Please stick around for the interview. And there is no doubt that we are in a world here where the entire concept of bullying has changed. Obviously, there was no such thing as cyberbullying when I was growing up, uh, and that now has become a major issue. And in some cases, I think we may overdo it a bit with bullying because some of the schoolyard stuff can be a tool to help us grow. Many of the bull busting that went on with me and my friends when I was a kid, uh, that would be considered bullying nowadays. So, I mean, there's a thin line here where some of the gray area is. Uh, it's a difficult subject, and I've had a few minor incidences with my kids being bullied. My two older boys are about to hit high school in a couple of years, so today's conversation is a very important one for me. I know that in middle school now, roasting has become the new form of bullying, but sometimes in life, somebody may say something negative to you, and it can completely change the course of your life in a positive way. I recently had the owner of Tattered Beans on the podcast here, Jake Jean. He was told that he would never amount to anything more than a ditch digger in his life, and that lit a fire so hot in him that that he became a millionaire by the time he was 30 years old, whereas another guy may have been told that and never amounted to much in his life. So, I mean, words are very powerful, but I think more importantly, I believe that our reaction to those words is really what matters. Anyway, we're going to jump into all of that and more with Alex Duran in just a second here. Tomorrow on the podcast will be former Navy SEAL David Rutherford, and next week is going to be another all-star lineup of first-class fathers, including one of the stars of the box office hit movie Unplanned. So follow me over on Instagram to stay up to date with all the latest announcements on the guests that will be appearing here on the podcast. And please, let every dad in your neighborhood know about the podcast here. Word of mouth is still the best form of promotion. And I can't say thank you enough for all you listeners out there. My DMs have been really piling up this week with all the comments from the Tony Hawk interview. My loyal listeners from London have been hitting me up about the Scott Reed interview. And the response has been just overwhelming from the Johnny Walker interview yesterday on episode 170. I have at least 10 messages in my DM box there that I have to copy and paste into Google Translate because they're in Arabic, so hopefully they're good comments. Um, I have just been honored to have so many great guests on the show here, and it continues right now with this celebration of fatherhood and family values. Let's go, dads. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me, and I'm going to jump right into the action now with former Marine Alex Duran. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and joining me now is a First Class Father. He is a veteran of the United States Marine Corps. He is an author, a speaker, and he is an expert in the subject of bullying. He is known as the Bully Magnet. It is an honor for me to say, Alex Duran, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Hey, thanks for having me on the, on the uh, podcast. Uh, I look forward to uh, sharing my knowledge of being a father and uh, all the great things that I'm doing in the world. All right, let's start it like this. How many kids do you have and how old are they? Well, I have one daughter and two step uh, kids. They're twins. They're actually going away to college right now. 
So they're they're just turning 18. They're going to go to college, and then now it's going to just be my little little one, seven-year-old uh, Lexington, who's my little princess warrior. Very cool. What type of uh, sports or activities are they all into? Well, uh, the the two big ones, they're really tall. They're, they play basketball. They they have scholarships to go to FSU and uh, in New York City. They're going to go to NYU. Uh, so both of them are going to diff- two different colleges. Uh, the little one, she goes to martial arts, plays tennis, golf, and swims. So she's truly a, a little princess warrior. Wow, that's awesome, Alex. All right, please take a minute here just to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Okay, so I'm originally from New York City, Queens, uh, born and raised. I uh, served in the Marine Corps from 1999 to 2003 in a uh, weapons company. I was honorably discharged. And uh, I'm also a disabled vet. So I was figuring out what I was going to do when I came out of the, uh, the Marine Corps, uh, what type of job I would go for. Uh, normally, a lot of us go into the police department, the, the FBI. A lot of those jobs are available for us when we come out of the military, especially the job that I had. So um, I had to really wait for um, my injuries to heal. And through that time, I was going through therapies, and, and uh, it, was, it was pretty trying at the time to really be able to lift my daughter up and do the things as a father uh, at that time. But uh, there, was no, there was no time that I, I, I did not spend with her to, to, you know, create imagination, create a place where we can play toys. Uh, you know, she had her dad there every step of the way and continue to have her dad right now where we're going to martial arts and going to those other things that – um, she's still in the growing stages to, to benefit from. Good stuff, Alex. And how old were you when you first became a father, and how did becoming a dad kind of change your perspective on life? So I was 35 years old when I became a, a dad, and, and it was a little later. Uh, I was thinking to myself, am I going to adopt a child, or am I going to have my own child? I wasn't sure at the time because it was a little bit later. Most of my friends, they had their kids at 32, 31 years old. But I was over 35, and and I uh, was figuring out um, – maybe taking a, a child in and, and uh, pretty much show them the ropes in terms of uh, sports and other things and activities that I can, that I contribute as a father. And my little Lexington came along and that really put uh, things in perspective in terms of, wow, I'm a father. <laughs> and so I don't know, I didn't know uh, how to start, you know, there was no manual to be the father, but uh, I had two dads. So, those two dads that I had really helped me, um, uh, my stepdad and my real dad. So I got to see really the parts that I didn't want to be and the parts that I did want to be. So I got to extract a lot of those things from both dads when I had them. Uh, one dad, you know, if, if you're coming with a, a dad that's paying child support over the time, uh, in those times it was a hard time to really extract money to pay for things. And so as a child, we didn't have a lot of those things. We would have secondhand clothing, secondhand shoes. Not that they weren't operational to use every day, but they were not brand new stuff that we would ever have. Uh, and just an example would be that uh, a bike. I wanted a mongoose. And mongoose was a big deal back in the day. And uh, my dad found a way to find a, a bike, and it's pretty funny. A lot of people laugh about it. It's, uh, he found a moon goose. It had an extra O in it. And it was a little <laughs> bit it was a little bit embarrassing uh, to go around in town and riding this bike because they knew that it wasn't a mongoose. So what I did was I cut the, the O out and I moved the M over as to make it a mongoose, which it really wasn't, but it was my mongoose I created. <laughs> so yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, a little uh, bootleg version there. Yeah, it is. So 
But, you know, it, it, did, it did what it did. We rode bike. You know, I, it was fun in those days when, when I was riding around. And, and I got to see that uh, I, I really wanted to give all I can give to my child and transfer my essence as a man and, and showing her that there's, there's uh, you know, men out there that are, are respectable. There's men out there that uh, treat women right. Uh, and these are important values that I want my daughter to understand. So when she has a standard and she becomes older, she actually could find the, the right man for her. Uh, who takes care of her. Very well said. And it's interesting to hear you say there that you grew up with two dads because we are facing a fatherless problem right now in the United States where there are far too many kids that are growing up without any father figure in the home. And uh, that is kind of really having a devastating effect on our society. No, absolutely. And I agree with that. You know, um, I deal with a lot of kids. I own a facility called FitWise for Kids. I created this concept where right after the Marine Corps, and I was explaining that when I got out, I, I didn't know what I really wanted to do. And so I created uh, this concept where every kid can come to a place and they can be themselves, whether they're tall, big, small, short, whatever it is that they are. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. It's a place that they can call their own, a safe place. Uh, it's like LA Fitness and Nickelodeon had a baby. That's us. So if you can think of a, a large box gym and Nickelodeon, that's us for kids. We have miniaturized ma- machines for them. We have rock climbing. We have kickboxing. We have so many uh, activities available for them to create a healthy lifestyle. And also we build the whole kid by, by saying that we build the whole kid, we make sure that they're not, they're learning that not to be bullied. So we create bully proof kids. They learn about nutrition. They learn about engineering because we have some engineering classes, learn about etiquette, having manners at the restaurant, uh, wherever they're going to eat at home with their families or, or families that they come and meet. Um, so, FitWise for Kids is a, is a great concept that we have. We're in New York, Virginia, and Florida right now. The one in Florida particularly is a nonprofit. It actually helps kids with special needs and kids who can on our it. And so uh, we raise funding for those kids to come in. It's open to the public. Anyone can come in and participate in our programs. But in that aspect, I get to also be a dad for other kids that are there, and my essence gets transferred out to, to other children who don't have those dads. And I, and I definitely agree with you a lot of kids don't have their dads in their in their lives and uh i just happened to talk to a child yesterday her dad was a paramedic and uh just yesterday we did a a 3k run with some kids and uh the little girl was crying because there were paramedics there her dad passed and you know I, i got on one knee and i told her i said you know dad is here right now you may not believe it but he is he's watching over you right now and i i couldn't imagine the idea of not having my child you know, or not her having her dad in the world. So it's, it's, it's a really, really sad thing that, you know, when there are dads in the world and they are not participating with their child or even helping along the way with their mom. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Alex. It is very sad, especially because there are so many military members who have lost their lives in action and aren't there for their kids. And to have guys out there who are choosing to step away, it's very disturbing. And one of the things I talk about a lot on this podcast is that there seems to be an attack on fatherhood and family life through our pop culture in movies and in TV. I mean, we always see the single guy. He's always shown as a guy who's enjoying life and uh, living it up. The family guy, he's always got his head tucked down, his tail between his legs, and and life kind of sucks for him and it gives this negative outlook on what fatherhood and family life is truly all about you're absolutely right you know i agree with you 100 percent. you know uh whatever we have on social media whatever we have on tv it, it does show a bad light on fathers and uh, the fathers that are doing the jobs because there are fathers are out there doing their jobs and but they're not really being identified and a show like this helps that and, and that's why i'm glad to be on your show 
um, to be able to share my, my aspect on, on fatherhood. Because I, I really believe transferring your essence as a father, even if you're not the child's father, even in my facility, I can transfer my, my masculinity to that child and make them a little stronger. And whether it's a, it's a girl or a boy, they're able to have that ability to have that side, whether it's an hour or three hours there in my facility. Uh, and a lot of parents love coming there because they understand that, you know, I serve the Marines, one, and two, uh, I won't let their child, uh, you know, just be any way they want to be. They, they definitely need to have a path. And the kids love rules, you know. It's not that they're in trouble all the time, but they really do need rules. Uh, everybody wants rules, whether you want to believe that or not. But it, it, there needs to be rules and aspects of not crossing that line and, and um, understanding that if I start here, I go here next or whatever the, the, the instructions are. So I truly believe that. Yeah, and I think it's so cool, given your background, Alex, that you are a Marine. I mean, we know that you're tough. We know you have discipline, yet you have a message out there that bullying and intimidating others is not okay. And, and the subject is a difficult one. And now kids are doing what's called roasting, especially in middle school. So uh, what is roasting in comparison to bullying, and how can parents kind of handle that and identify it? Well, you see, there's that, that is the continuous uh, beatdown that somebody gets verbally or physically and, and um, parents are helpless right now. They really are. They just don't know how to deal with it. And they never thought they would ever have to deal with something like that today. Uh, but social media has, has constantly, um, you know, pressed upon those, those areas of, uh, you know, terror for, for kids that end up killing themselves, um, believing that they are losers and they're not losers, you know. And, and so parents really need to limit their, their screen time having them not go on social media as much. I get that there's, they're, they're, uh, you can't be as strict because they will find other ways to figure out how to get on or do other things that they're not supposed to do. But at the same time, you need to set boundaries, and, and those boundaries are important. You know, um, I can tell you, like, I went to a school and I spoke at one of the schools. I travel and I speak. I'm also a speaker. I have a program called The Bully Magnet. And what The Bully Magnet is about is I became a magnet towards the person that it was looking for the person to pick on. So, so if I'm in a room with a hundred people and then I get chosen. And so why is it that I got chosen? Now I get that the bully picks on you. I get that the bully calls you names, but let's not talk about that bully because you know what? Let's talk about you. Let's talk about how you deal with it in that situation. Now there's nothing wrong with you. And that's just the problem. The people think that there's some kids think there was something wrong with them. And so they're, they're uh, standing beside themselves and like, you know, what am I doing wrong? How am I doing? You know, they don't know how to be. That's the point. I didn't know how to be. So as a child, I was bullied myself, and that's why I, I moved forward and I, I became bully-proof myself, and I want other kids to be able to have that aspect. So I teach parents and, and teachers to be able to change that, that mind frame. And so I have uh, props and different things, and um, they really stick to the children uh, when they see these things. Like I'll just use one. I have this really big hook. It's a hook to, it's for fishing. And so – uh, I have this large hook, and I show them the end of the hook where it, 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 it captures the side of this mouth of the fish. I said, can you imagine this is in your mouth? And that's what happens when somebody's fishing and they capture you. And that means that if they call you dumb, stupid, or whatever they're calling you, you're stuck. You can't get it out of your mouth. It takes a lot to take that out of your mouth. You know, you have to unhook it out of your mouth. So they hooked you, and now they have you, and now you feel like, you're that person who's dumb and you can't fulfill. Like, there's a roadmap. And through that roadmap where there's dumb, stupid, and you're taking all these names along the way, and this is the roasting part where you reach that point where there's a, 
there's two arrows in the road, and if, if it's McDonald's and a doctor, being a doctor, there's nothing wrong with being working at McDonald's if that's your goal. But if you end up at McDonald's and you really want to be a doctor because you saw dumb, stupid, and those other names, that's where your, your life changes and you actually took the role of staying in that area. Whether that person's in your life anymore as a bully, you're going to find somebody else who can fulfill that part because now you're the director of your movie. And so you'll, you can find it in your partner. You can find it in your job. And all those things carry on. So I start all the way back in elementary school where they can understand that, you know, constantly poking and constantly calling names is going gonna, is gonna, to uh, be detrimental to your future on both sides, bully and uh, receiver. Yeah, I love the analogy that you use there, Alex. It is time to get an important word from our sponsors and then back with more with Alex Duran. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. We are all about creating good humans, right? But if you're finding your kids are more interested in listening to cartoon characters than you, the parent, here's a great way to get your kids thinking about what good behavior really is. The SirDap Game Show app is so much fun for kids 5 to 8 who are challenged to figure out what's polite or rude, who left a mess, or what's right for the environment, while absorbing good messages about how their behavior can affect others. Check out SirDap.com to learn more. That's S-I-R-D-A-P-P.com. And I just think that it's difficult for parents. I mean, I can only speak for myself here, but I mean, I think it's a bit difficult to know the right way to tell our kids, you know, how to handle these situations or what to do in the situation. Because naturally, as dads, we want to tell them, hey, hit, fight the kid or learn how to fight and defend yourself. But I mean, let's face it, certain kids in the schoolyard, they need to be put in their place. So how do we kind of teach our kids or tell them uh, how to do that without it being labeled bullying? So there's, so there's something that happened to me a while back where I, I was on a train in New York City and and my foot scuffed somebody else's shoe. The guy got very, very angry at me. I didn't notice him at first, but when I go sit down, and this is going to be, I'm going to give you your answer right now. So, so I sit down, I'm looking back and forth, and I'm, and I'm like, you're talking to me? He's like, yeah, I'm talking to you. And I was like, okay, well, I'm sorry. And he says, no, I want to kick your butt all over this train. You scuffed my shoe. Now, uh, earlier that day, I met this other big guy in the job. I just met him. It's my first day on the job. He comes on the train, and he sees me. He goes, hey, buddy, how you doing? I say, hey, what's going on? And the guy over there is still carrying on. He's like, I want to kick your butt. And so he goes, hey, is he talking to you? I was like, yeah, he's talking to me. I, I apologize to him. He won't stop. And he goes, hey, 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 leave the kid alone. Leave the kid alone. The other guy goes, hey, Paisan, Paisan, it's between me and the kid, me and the kid. And he says, look, whatever happens with the kid happens with me. He goes, I got you. Don't worry about it. And right there in that instant, I could have felt weak. I could have felt like, you know, uh, uh, less. But I thought to myself, and I said, you know, I didn't have to get in that fight. Somebody bigger than me helped me. And so what happens is, is that if we're frail or we're not strong enough to beat somebody back or keep them back from you, you need somebody stronger than yourself. And that's where you, it's okay to ask Bob or, or John, whoever's the biggest kid in your class, to say, hey, listen, I need your help. This guy over here keeps picking on me. Can you help me out? And it worked. Like, leave him alone. Don't touch him. Don't talk to him. And, and it works. You know, I mean, have I seen this in the schools where, where they're actually not, not, not going into a fight themselves? And I get that uh, it causes them to look like a wimp or whatever it is, that, that, that stigma that we put out on the children. But you know what? You, you live another day. You don't need to go fight. And if it comes to physicality where they're touching you, that's assault. And so that's where you can threaten and say, I'm going to call the police on you. 
Good stuff, Alex. And unfortunately, there is a rise in teenage suicide over the last 15 years, according to the Foundation for Suicide Prevention. How much of that, in your opinion, is related to bullying? Okay, so so one of my schools, uh, the Douglas shooting, that's one of my schools. I actually, I'm a partner in business for years, many years. And uh, uh, the shooting happened over there. Uh, and it's, it's a tragic, tragic uh, situation because out here where we're at, and it's actually close to my business, um, everybody held their children after that happened. Everybody was afraid to take them to wherever they were going. They weren't sure. Everything was unsure in the area. And um, some of those children that seen what happened committed suicide. We just had another one have uh, commit suicide just yesterday in Parkland. And so uh, there are extreme cases where they're, they can't – it's like uh, having PTSD at the ultimate extreme case, sort of like going to war. And those children that see that, um, just don't have anything that, that drives them anymore or want, or want to be in this world anymore, and so they take their own life. They don't think it matters or anything else matters. And that's on, on that side of the suicide rate. But you have the opioids also that are, are, are in place where these kids are looking for uh, a quick fix to get uh, into drugs. And what happens with opioids is it's an expensive drug. And, and uh, what, what these kids do is, they can't afford the drug anymore. They can afford it in the beginning and then eventually go into crack, heroin, or you know, anything that they can get into to, to get that high again because they're chasing that high. And if they can't get that high, they end up committing suicide. So suicide rates, that's why the opio, opioid uh, epidemic is so high right now, alongside with suicide. Um, I can tell you, uh, one of my friends, I was uh, um, going to go, I also teach classes uh, um, boot camp classes and I was walking in I saw this lady and I said man I know this lady from somewhere and I, I, I was walking by and I said you know I really need to know where I know this lady from I asked her I said hey where do I know you from and she's like um, I don't know I said um, is your daughter Savannah and she says um, yeah my, my daughter Savannah she died I said what and I was quiet I, my mouth was open I, I didn't believe it and then uh, she was like yeah she's dead she killed herself now, it's a friend of mine, and I never met somebody close enough to me to, to, to talk about some, to someone like this. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know whether to go forward and hug her because she was crying, but she was, I didn't know if she wanted me to touch her. Or, and so I, I looked at her, and I said, look, you know, that can't be. That's not real. And she said, I said, I just talked to her about a week ago. She goes, no, she killed herself. She goes, four days she was missing. The police was looking for her. They knocked the door down, and she hung herself. And I still did not believe it. I went to my car. I went, you know, I, I, I just couldn't believe it. And I looked it up and I saw that she did kill herself. She, she really was a, a, a social media queen. Uh, even the people that you think their life is perfect, it's not. You know, uh, getting liposuction, getting uh, boob implants and all these other things to make yourself look better, it, it just doesn't fulfill you. And I think that living online, that's the third part. Is, is a big deal because you want likes. You want people to like you and, and be approved, be relevant. Everybody's trying to be relevant. Like, look at me, you know, watch me. And it's like being a little kid. Like when you pick up a little stick, and you're like, look, Ma, look, I got this little stick. And it's not a big deal, but you want to be noticed that you pick up this little stick. And then all, all these adults are doing this, going from their 20s all the way up to adulthood, trying to be relevant all the way through.
Yeah, social media is definitely something that's highly addictive. We know that, but we don't know what the long-term effect of that addiction are on our kids. That you know hasn't been around long enough for the studies to come in yet. But um, the stuff with the suicide, man. I mean, I have some personal experience with that. Two years ago, a best friend of mine, he's a godfather of one of my kids. I'm a godfather of one of his. He killed himself, and it really it shook me to the core. It really you know it rattled me, man. I mean, it, it really uh, shook my faith and everything else. I mean, it's just mind-boggling that with all the resources and all the advancements in our society right now. I mean, we're so far removed from being in any type of like great depression we have so many more liberties right now than we've ever had before yet suicides are on the rise i know with the veteran community it's something like 20 or 22 a day uh, that are killing themselves if those numbers are correct and i mean it's just alarming and there's got to be some kind of solution here to, to, to be able to get some kind of control and get these numbers to come down no, absolutely. And, and you know, I, I deal with it directly because uh, I, I work, I don't know if you ever heard of the co- organization called United Way. Well, they have an organization uh, alongside that called Mission United, and, and I serve on their board. And we talk about that. We help homeless veterans get homes, and, and a lot of them uh, commit suicide. 22 is correct. Every day we have veterans that are, that are committing suicide. So working with the VA and um, also uh, I serve on what Veterans of Weston as a vice president for their board. And I can tell you uh, the, the level of, of help we give out there, it's still not enough. You know, they're, they're just killing themselves. And it's just crazy to transition into a world of being in the military and coming back to a world that you can't identify anymore. It's not the same. You know, uh, I can tell you myself, when I first came out of the, the Marine Corps, I had a hard time. I really did. And, you know, to, I wanted to be away from people. I didn't want to be near people. And everybody was slower um, laid back, especially if you live in Florida, you know, and I moved to Florida and with my, my, my wife. And so I really, um, it, it gave me a hard time. Like I ordered, I give you a perfect example. I ordered, uh, food from a fast food place and we were online in the, in the, um, in the intercom and, and, uh, the food wasn't in the bag when I ordered when I, when I was about to drive off. And so I said, excuse me, my food is missing. And she said, well, you need to go back on the intercom on the other side so you can order again. And I, I didn't understand that. I actually really got angry. And so um, she closed the window. I knocked on the window. The police came. And when the police came, um, they understood. They were like, look, you need to go back to civilian classes. You need more civilian classes. I get these people are, late, are, are slower. Um, you just need to go through those classes. And, and the classes normally are three. There were three days when I got out. They're a week now. And I don't, I don't even think they're enough either. Uh, I think they need more transitioning into the society after they come out and and that's where we're falling short on so yeah you're absolutely right 22 veterans a, a day uh pass you know from suicide yeah, and Alex, I thank you for your service. It seems like far too many people have forgotten about the sacrifice that's being made, even as we speak, by men and women of our military forces uh, for us to enjoy our freedoms. Um, I love what you're doing, and I know that you have a series of books out about bullying. What can you tell my listeners about them, and where can they find them? Well, before I tell you about the books on bullying, I'll tell you about a book that I wrote for veterans. Because we'll, Since we're on the subject of veterans, uh, I'll tell you that I wrote the first book on veterans, being a veteran myself, a children's book and explains what a veteran is. It actually tells you uh, when you're going to the supermarket and you see those guys with the caps and they have distant uh, shores that they're mentioned from Vietnam, you know, different, different uh, campaigns that they served on, and kids don't know what that means. And so when you say Veterans Day, when they're celebrating it in their schools and they're celebrating it throughout the days, um, they're really looking up and they don't really know that they may own a ship. They don't really understand. So what I did in the book was I, I showed all the jobs that they did as, a, as in the military 
in different branches of the military. And then after coming out, we also mentioned dogs. Dogs save 680 lives a year in Afghanistan and Iraq, and, and I was in Iraq. So I can tell you that, that these dogs are, are well needed and, and they're better than machines. And I explained that in the, car, in the, in the book. And then uh, when I get closer to the end, I also talk about uh, veterans that are scared and alone. I don't talk about PTSD because they won't understand that, but I talk about they're scared and alone. They get service dogs. And several organizations came in the book, uh, uh, Veterans of Foreign Wars. All their logos were – they gave me the rights to be able to put it inside that book. So a lot of research went into this one book, going to bases, meeting different uh, branches of the military, make sure their ranks are right. And two days before Veterans Day last year, I was called in for, to the Board of Education. They deemed it the tool to teach children what veterans are. So uh, it's gotten picked up by the military, and it's got a lot of traction out there uh, for, for a lot of people who want to be patriots and understand what veterans are and really go beyond thank you. And that's, why, that's, what I, that's my, my, my tagline, go beyond thank you. Um, so that's one of my books. So uh, veteranshonored.org. It's veterans with an S, honored.org, and the book can be purchased there, or you can go on Amazon. So the bullying books, uh, there's a series. So there's a No Bully School series that I created, and uh, each one talks about a different part of bullying. So the first one is uh, name-calling, and you cannot do something that you really wanted to do in terms of playing an instrument, uh, getting that into the sport, whatever you, your, your, your goal was. And it explains it takes time for you to learn whatever you're going to learn. But through that time, you're being called names and being uh, beaten down through, through words. Um, you persevere and you, you win at the end. The second one is about manipulation and how uh, the power of no is strong within being friends or not being friends and being okay with that, where somebody wants to use you for your stuff. Uh, as a child, you know, um, I like your lunchbox. You know, could I have that? You know, I won't be your friend anymore if, if uh, you don't give me that. And so that's what that book is called uh, for the power of no. Uh, it's called The Princess and the Troll. And those are on, on uh, Amazon also. And then the last book, the, uh, it's about a monk. He's, he's painting his paintings, and there's a creature in the, the lake, and he actually messes up his paintings. And he doesn't know what to do, and, and he gets threatened to get beat up. And so he ends up grabbing the, the monster and telling him, what are you doing? And he says, you know, I'm being the monster that everybody else thinks I am. And so they end up becoming friends when they speak. And so that's another aspect of why children bully and, and uh, how to deal with that bully. Uh, that's, that's the three books for elementary. And then the last book is called Lean But Not Mean. Lean But Not Mean. And that book is about a child that's going to school and how he's, he's overweight and he's dealing, he's dealing with bullies and how he turns them around and, and perseveres at the end. So he wins big in the end. It's, it's called uh, Lean But Not Mean, His Victory. It's called My Victory. So uh, that can be bought on uh, Amazon. And it also can be bought on leanbutnotmeanbook.com. Awesome. What a great collection of books. They can certainly be of a benefit to every parent out there listening. So I'm going to include a link in the description of this podcast episode. You guys listening can just tap the link, get over there, purchase a copy. Uh, last thing I'm going to hit you with here, Alex, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? What advice I have is uh, be open, understanding, and a role model in your relationships, in your work, in your health, especially your health. You want a healthy child. You want a child to be able to flourish throughout her life or his life, you know, because they're watching you, and they, they, want to, they, they are looking for that, that, that role model that they can grow up with and, and be the best version of you. 
So um, that's the best advice I can give for any parent who's coming into this world as a, as a father. Well said. I love the advice. This has been an honor for me. You are a first-class father. This has been beneficial to me. And I got to say, Alex Duran, thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. Thank you so much for having me in the show. You have a good day. Okay, I'm back with a couple of closing thoughts in just a second here. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Alex Duran for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM over on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. And then lock it in. Tomorrow we're going to have a Frogman Friday edition of First Class Fatherhood. Former Navy SEAL David Rutherford will be stopping by. And I always am honored to have a chance to speak with former Frogmen. So that's going to be a special one. Lock it in for next week. It's going to be another all-star lineup of First Class Fathers joining me here. Here, including former first-round pick of the NFL Draft, Jason Babin will be here on Monday. So uh, lock it in. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first-class fathers. Tall as a tree, and a soft feeling.